We are raw and real mothers sharing our struggles, triumphs, and everything in between. We are all about being authentic and sharing who we are. None of us have it all together. We know how hard motherhood is. We also know how joyful motherhood is. We're here to grow with you. We're here to empower and support each other. As we share our hearts, we become stronger. Our stories bring us together. The mother heart is within every woman. Hey everyone, we're so glad to have you join us again for our podcast here with Mother Heart. Um, Today we'll be discussing um, the five love languages of children. Uh, This book by Gary Chapman and Ross Campbell. Um, Really quick, if you haven't heard of the five love languages, basically talks about um, how everyone um, receives love and shows love. Um, They have one way that they like to. show love and receive love the most, if that makes sense. Um, But there's five different languages that people speak. And sometimes if people speak different languages, um, they have a hard time like communicating with each other as well. Um, So the five love languages are words of affirmation, which is like basically telling someone that they are awesome or wonderful, acts of service, receiving gifts, quality time, and physical touch. Um, so that could be like a hug or it could be a high five. Uh, anyway, and so just talking about how we can uh, learn or, or learn to show love better to our children by um, by learning what their love language is. So I thought it was interesting because he talks about he goes through a bunch of different stories or they, I should say, they go through a bunch of different stories of children and they ask the children, well, hey, do you know that your your dad loves you? Or do you feel that your dad loves you, I guess? And, you know, some of the children are like, well, you know, I, I think they do. I, I think they do, but I don't feel like they love me. And part of that is because maybe the, the uh, mother or father is trying to show love in a different way than the child receives it, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And so, um, so it's really important to kind of see, like, really notice your children and see what what helps fill their love tank. They talk about their love tank and how um, children act better and they and they um, and they just they feel love better when they're when they have been spoken in their language. For example, my my love language is quality time, and so I. Uh, you know, I, when someone spends time with me and, and goes out of their way to hang out with me and talk with me, then I feel loved. But for somebody else, that might be giving a gift or whatever. So mm-hmm. um, anyway, I was ha- thinking, go ahead. Sorry. Um, yeah, jump in. As I was reading the book, I just was I kept thinking, like, how in the world can I figure out my boys love languages? Um, and then they gave some pointers like notice what your child complains about the most. Is he complaining about not having enough things that would be maybe gifts? Is he complaining about um, maybe that his, they're, they're tired and their body hurts or like maybe they need more touch. Um, So I, I started paying attention to that and I, I was able to, realize a few of my children's love languages and and also one other pointer that I took from the book was if you can at the beginning of each day and at the end of each day um, purposely do something in order to fill that that love language 
Like if it's words of affirmation, tell, tell your son you're so grateful for what he did or um, for him as a person or just some type of attribute that you know he would appreciate you noticing. Um, or you write a note and put it in their lunch or, yeah. And so at the beginning of the day and at the end of the day, use that love language to f- fill them. And then he said, your relationship will grow so much if you can do that. So I love that. Awesome. So what were your thoughts? Did anybody else have thoughts that, that they'd like to share some things that stuck out to them in the book? Um, I wanted to add one thing along the, the lines of what Ana Maria was saying, like, I think in the book, he also said if they're five and younger to use all the love languages on them. Mm -hmm. You remember reading that? Yeah. Yeah. So if they're five or younger, I don't, I don't know if it's as essential to necessarily figure that out. They might be too young to figure that out, but yeah. So that's why probably you need to just do all five. Right. Oh, go ahead, Janessa. I was just going to say, I think that's a, that's a good thing, uh, you know, a rule of thumb for anybody really is, is to try and, and speak as many love languages to them as possible, like show them love in, in a bunch of different ways. Um, but especially the younger ones, definitely showing all. I thought that was interesting as well. Yeah, and the five, langu- five love languages in a way are ways to nurture all the senses, if you, if you will, like the physical touch or emotional is words of affirmation, or gifts is also another physical thing, usually, um, acts of service. So I feel like it's when we can give um, love in those ways to our children who are super small, that will open their world to um, just understanding the world, right? Because they need those senses to be used. And that's one way we can stimulate those senses of, of love, whether it's through gifts or words or service or time. So, yeah. yeah. I also, I really like the concept of the love tank. So he talked about the love tank where, um, you know, a lot of times kids will start acting out because they are not feeling loved and, you know, and they, what they, what they don't need is punishment or discipline. What they first need is love. What they first need to know is to know and feel that they're loved. And the way that they do that is by speaking their language, by filling them up the way that they will understand. So if their their primary love language is gifts, then you can, you know, think of something meaningful to them and give them a gift, you know, every day. Or if their if their love language is um, service, they talk about a story of um a girl that was having a hard time at school and stuff. And when, when her mother had read this book, she's like, Oh, I need to change how I do things. Just like you were saying in the morning before she went to school, she asked her, what, what can I do for you um, to help you get off to school? So the morning goes smoother. And she, she said, well, a lot of times I just don't have all of my stuff in my backpack. And, and so that would be something that could help. Um, Cause her mother realized that hers was, gifts of or acts of service and so every morning she she made sure her lunch and her books and her homework and everything was in her backpack before she left for school and then when she got home she's like oh hey I I knew that this was your favorite apples let's sit down and and hang out and you know eat these apples and 
you know, the next day it was, hey, I found that book that you were missing from the library. And so she was, you know, doing these acts of service for her before and after school. And it really developed their relationship and helped the daughter feel a lot more loved and filled up that tank. And so, and, and then she started doing better at school, which I thought was kind of cool too. So anyway, I've been noticing some of those patterns in my kids right now. <laughs> I was just thinking the other day how my young two-year-old, she's acting out a lot, a lot, a lot. Um, and I was thinking, what can I do to show her that I love her or what does she need? So this is all very good advice for practical things to do. <laughs> it's good. I remember what I thought too when I was listening to it, just like it's very practical. Just thinking about some of the misbehavior of my kids and going, oh, they're really just crying out for their love language. They need more of like one of my kids just probably needs more quality time mm-hmm. and he'll start to go nuts if he doesn't get it. And it's not that he's a bad kid. He just, his, his emotional love tank is empty, needs to be refilled. So I like my that. Son, yeah, my son was struggling a lot with school and I had the thought, you know, make nine to 10 at night your time with him before he goes to bed and just help him to read his book and have that time where you read together. It's really making a difference for him. And just the fact that I even suggested it made him a lot happier. So it was good. That's sweet. It's hard to follow through and be really consistent, but it's the, you keep trying, right? Yeah. Well, that was the hard part. Yeah. Well, that's one thing I was thinking when I started reading this book was, for the most part, I felt great. It was so interesting. And I love the fact that, um, uh, what's his name? Ross Campbell. I think he's the, is he the psychologist? Um, anyway, but one of them is basically the psychologist to help children. And I just loved some of the parenting advice that he gave um, towards the end. Just like I'm talking about, um, what was it? Just talking about how to help the kids control their anger, how to help them. Um, uh, oh, I just lost my train of thought. But <laughs> there was a portion that sounds really good <laughs> where he was saying like, um, there are stages where anger is perfectly normal. Like when your ch- children are 15 years old, that is a perfectly normal stage for anger. So don't freak out as a parent, just let it be, but continue to give in their, to give them in their, to give, give to them in their love language. Um, but like if your child is this age and there's a ton of anger, that is not normal. And so maybe you need to take a look at what's happening and going on a little closer. So yeah, I love that part, Janessa. Yeah. Well, yeah, he was just talking about how, you know, with the, with the anger thing, it's okay. Like anger is a normal thing and you just have to learn how to manage it properly. Um, and that's a, that's a huge part. He's like, it's kind of strange that you're, we're talking about anger and a book about love. He said, as long as we know that anger is a neutral feeling and that it's not a bad feeling, mm-hmm. but that the way that we handle it is, is good or bad. And, and to teach our children how to handle their anger um, will help them have a more successful life in the future, be able to um, 
have integrity and, and be able to develop their character because they know how to, de- to manage that anger properly. And if we as parents can learn how to manage our anger properly and model it for them, then they will be able to um, grow up with a lot more mature way to handle it than, um, than they would have. Uh, another thing, though, that I felt with, I did feel a little overwhelmed as I was reading it, like, oh, my gosh, like, this is, this feels like a lot. It feels like, oh, so many more things. Like, I've been working so hard to, like, manage all of my, the, the home and their meals and the clothing and stuff like that, like, all of the physical things. But have I been um, helping my kids develop their emotional selves enough by showing them enough love, you know, and just feeling like that's another thing on my plate that I have to think about that I'm, you know, having to remember to show love in all these different languages and make sure did I did I share show the right love to this kid and did I show the right love to that kid, you know, I only have four kids, so I can't imagine people with bigger families. So I kind of had to like, it's okay, because there's five love languages. I can make a system if I want to. I can say Mondays are physical touch day. Tuesdays are <laughs> gift giving day, you know, or something. That's so good. To like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm making sure I'm covering all my bases here. <laughs> I love that idea, actually. That's so good. I know. I'm weird. I'm a systems person, I guess. So I, I like that. It <laughs> is hard. Yeah. That's great. I yeah. heard the the other day that instead of thinking like my kids are always always coming to me like so high maintenance I swear the highest maintenance children anyway but to view it in a way that it's like they're just reminding me of my main role and my main purpose as a mother they're just giving me lots of reminders of to put things down and be present with them and so that might be good times to show when I'm realizing they really need attention to show them their love language. Mm-hmm. Totally. Taking the hints and the reminders yeah, from them. Well, yeah, yeah I think that's perfect. Like stop what I'm doing now. Whatever I'm doing is not as important as showing love to my children. And I can do that. I, it's, it's simple. It's easy. All I have to do is stop doing this other thing that seems urgent or important, but probably isn't nearly as important as showing love to my children. So I think that's great, Rachel. So my I mom always Oh go ahead. Go ahead Maria. You go ahead. Oh well I took the advice that was given in the book and they said don't ask your children what their love language is because then they might not take your giving of that love language as sincere because but try to figure it out. And they said one good way to figure it out is to A, pay attention to what they complain about, but B, um, ask them questions that would help you determine, oh, is it words of affirmation or is it gifts? Or, And so I did this on the way home once with my 10-year-old. It was just he and I in the car, and I just asked him some questions. Would you rather I give you $5 and you can get any candy bars you want and treats you want at the store? Or would you rather I give you five compliments about who you are? And he said five compliments about who he was. I totally thought he might say the five bucks and the candy. Why not? But no, he would rather have the words of affirmation. And so that was really eye-opening to me. I have tried to make an effort to 
get those words on and off. It's hard, though. Kind of hard. <laughs> Tanya, what were you going to say? Um, no, I liked that. That's a really cool way to figure that out, what that is. But so this is going backwards a little bit, but my mom used to always say that she she raised 11 kids and by the last one she kind of was figuring it out I think and she was like <laughs> I, I just realized that if the child was being really whiny or needy if I just sat down and spent 15 minutes with them they were fine for hours after that and so she was kind of figuring this out already without really knowing it was the love languages but oh cool was, yeah yeah <laughs> so true yeah, I've been trying to do that with my kids because, you know, I know that my my younger daughter, she's only five, but I think she's um, physical touch. And so I've been just trying to give her hugs and kisses. She loves to sit in my lap. I have a little one-year-old toddler. And so it's hard because he's always wants to be in my lap and he's like, we'll smack her away or whatever. And usually <laughs> I give the preference to him because he's the younger one. But But I've realized I need to like, put him aside or let daddy hold him for a little while and let her snuggle with me. Um, and the other thing is she's also my most difficult <laughs> um, child because she's <laughs> probably my most defiant and, you know, I can ask her to do things and she'll just walk away and, you know, like she just tries my patience. Mm -hmm. um, and so I spanked her. A couple, you know, I've spanked her when she gets in trouble or whatever. But when one thing that they say in the book is that if you figure out what their primary love language is, then if you punish them with that language, if that makes sense, then it's going to be way worse for them than if you were to um, punish them in some other way. And so what I'm realizing is corporal punishment for her would be is really, really bad. And that's probably why mm. we've had the most outbursts with her is because, you know, that's her love language. And so here I am spanking her and that makes her like, uh, you know, just feel very unloved. And so same thing, like if they were saying, if you have a child that had that quality time is their love, primary love language, then isolating them in their room is extra punishment. You know, now they're just gonna feel unloved rather than, you know, feeling disciplined for their um the behavior and so so on and so forth so they were just saying like when you do figure out what the um their primary love language is make sure that when you have to discipline them a first make sure that they that they feel your love and use their love language um first and foremost and then discipline doesn't mean that, that they have to be punished it just means that you're teaching them to be better, a better person, right? And so that doesn't mean that they have to be punished. Now, sometimes they do, but you can do it in love. So he tells a story about this dad who he goes in, his son is, has broken a window, the neighbor's window with his baseball. And so the dad used to go in and he would never touch him um, unless to spank him. But this time, he's since he's learned about love languages, he went in and he gave his son, he rubbed him on his back. And then his son's like, yeah, dad, what, what do you need? And he's like, first, let me give you a big hug. Because his love language was the um, 
was physical touch. touch. Yeah. And so he gave him a big hug and he said, you know, I'm really sorry. I heard about the baseball, you know, you, I know it was an accident, but you also know about the rule that we're not supposed to play baseball in our backyard because of that. And that there's a park that you can go to. And because you broke the rule, I, you know, I have to give you a consequence for that. And so you can't play baseball for the next two days. I know that's, or for the next two weeks, I know that's really hard. And I'm so sorry that, you know, that we have, I have to discipline you, but I want you to know, I really love you. And, you know, I know that you can make better choices in the future or something like that. But it was like, when he left, the boys felt loved, even though he was being disciplined and it wasn't out of anger, wasn't, you know, wasn't trying to like punish him, so to speak. And so I think that that was really cool for me to hear like, okay, I can do better about disciplining, which means teaching them and helping them become better. Doesn't necessarily mean that I have to punish, um, you know, so anyway, so that was a good thing that I've learned. I've been trying to like show my children how much I love them more. I think my son, I asked him. Before I got to the part where it says, don't ask them, <laughs> I asked my son, well, what do you think your five, you know, your love languages? He's nine. And he's like, oh, I think mine is physical touch. And so I've been trying to hug him and stuff more. But I think actually his is quality time. And so um, so the other day he'd been asking, mom, will you play a Nerf gun war with me, please? And I was just too busy. And then so it didn't happen that day. And the next day he's like, mom, you told me you were going to play, uh, you know, Nerf gun war with me and you never did. I'm like, you're right. I didn't. And then that day it got later and later. And finally I was like, hey, stop everything. And he was in the other room. I grabbed his hand. And I said, hey, Thomas, come with me. And I took him downstairs. And he's like, what do you need? I'm like, oh, I just need you for something. And he he thought I was going to have him clean something because that's usually how I need you to do something for me. Yeah. I took him down. I said, pick a gun. We're going to have a Nerf gun war. And he had so much fun. And he, I just, I know it filled his oh, love tank. Like, play together. And so, like, I've been trying to do that with each of my children. Just, you know, be better about really being conscious and making a conscious effort to, like, spend time and to, you know, make them feel loved in their way. So that's been fun. And I think our kids will remember that. Like, my mom took my hand and surprised me, and we had this big Nerf gun war. You know, like, I think that's a memory he'll take with him and share with, like, people in college. Like, my mom's awesome because, you know, <laughs> she spoke my love language, and I didn't even know it. So that's cool. I hope so. I hope so. I hope that's what he remembers and not, like, the yelling and the angry and the nagging and, you know. That's why I'm trying to change that to all the positive. (laughs) This whole thing has been eye-opening for me just about myself because then I'm like, oh, no wonder I can remember specific things my mom told me when I was a little girl. I still remember exactly what she said because my love language is words of affirmation and that meant so much to me. And oh, that's why when I got in trouble from my teacher or whatever I was devastated so (laughs) devastated because of the words she used it was awful and I can still remember that and the pain that I felt from it and and so just realizing the power of speaking somebody's love language by you know noticing how it affected me and makes me want to be way more aware for my kids 
so that I'm not passing that forward to them in negative ways and then passing it forward in those positive ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I noticed that too. Like, I was like, what do I complain about? So that would mean, because I thought for sure it was quality time and physical touch and acts of service. And, and I think I love all of them. Like, I need certain amounts at certain times. But, um, but I noticed lately I had been complaining a lot about, like, I would say to my husband, you used to write me the sweetest notes, Jason. Like, am I still beautiful? Am I still this? Am I still this? Or you even wrote me like three songs while we were dating. What the heck? Then we got married and nothing. Like I was so agitated. And I'm like, if anything, you should be more more in love with me. And I should have like 500 songs. Okay. That sounds really um, arrogant or something, but I was realizing what I was complaining about was the words of affirmation. Like, that really helped me to connect with him when we were dating. And so I talked to Jason and he understood that that is definitely my love language. And um, he's been great. And my other one is still physical touch, the second one. And so we just went on a car trip recently and all he did was like turn on some of our favorite songs that we have for each other. Like, uh, Perfect by Ed Sheeran and a Jason Mraz song and a Bruno Mars song. And he t- turned those songs on. Okay, that's words of affirmation. And I'm just like, my heart's like melting. I'm like, oh my gosh, I love this. And then, <laughs> and then he put his hand on my shoulder. That was it. And I'm just like in heaven. I'm being grounded with music and with his touch. And I'm like, this. there couldn't be anything better. So... Yeah, I was so grateful that he was speaking both love languages at the same time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That was the thing. I was complaining and complaining and complaining, but not until I identified this is a love language. This needs to be filled in order for me to be a happy wife, don't you see? So, yeah. <laughs> well, and I think it's important too, yeah, when we notice that that's something that we need, I think it's important to let the other people around us know, hey, this is my love language and I feel the most love from you when you, you know, give me a hug or when you uh, tell me how awesome I am or when you spend quality time with me. You know, I think my husband and I had a great conversation just about this book and, you know, he's been working harder, even though he hasn't read the book but and he, he knows somewhat about the five love languages. But because we talked about it recently, he's like, oh, I need to do better about spending time with my wife, with me. And then also with the kids, spending more quality time and showing them love in the ways that they will feel it. And so, um, you know, I think that's that's been kind of fun to see um, in our family, just like the few little tweaks. And then that's the thing is it doesn't have to be huge things. It's not rocket science to show somebody love it's just these five things and if you don't know which one to to choose do all five of them you know like just try it out I like the was it a 15 week um experiment was that what he said like for older kids one way that you can try and figure out what their love language is is by one week um showing a showing your child um love like every single day giving them a gift you know, for a week or maybe two weeks, I think it was for a week. And then 
see if anything has changed Mm -hmm. or if they're like, okay, no more, gosh, stop it, you know, and then let things kind of go back to normal the next week. And then the following week, show them love in like another way by giving them all sorts of hugs and kisses and high fives. And, you know, that was one thing (laughs) also with the, with the physical touch, which was fun. They said, they're talking about, um, you know, young boys that have gotten past the point where they where they feel comfortable giving hugs and kisses to you know to their family members but they still want that physical touch right and so other ways that you can show is like a rub on the back or or a pat or maybe a high five or fist bump or even wrestling can be that physical touch that they need um that to to show that love when they don't feel comfortable with a hug or a kiss. So I thought that was kind of cool because I hadn't thought outside the box, I guess, mm-hmm. um, for that. But anyway, so going back to the experiment, then each week you you show love in one way and then you stop and then you show it in, you know, the next week and you do this for however many weeks it takes and you kind of just assess, okay, so which one did they change the most after? And then you ask them, which one did you feel um, Anyway, because a lot of times if you ask them, then they'll start trying to be manipulative. Well, I will feel really loved, mom, if you'll give me, you know, the keys to the car and give me your credit cards, you know, or whatever. But um, so they don't take advantage of it when you're trying to figure out what their love language is. Anyway, so it was a fun book. I really enjoyed it and learned a lot. So, yeah, I wanted to add, like, it might be uncomfortable for you to um, express some of the love languages that you're maybe not familiar with using very often. We might have certain ways we like to show love to people and we just kind of get stuck in, in a rut with that maybe. So he does address that, that like that is a real thing. Like you could be uncomfortable trying to show love in certain ways and it's okay to just, you know, try a little bit at a time and you will get better at it as you practice it mm-hmm. so yeah totally yeah there I didn't used to share a story about a father who um his family they were very kind of standoffish they didn't touch each other very much and so he felt very uncomfortable with the physical touch thing yeah he realized that his son was a physical touch person and so he was like okay I need to I need to work on this and so he he didn't feel comfortable just going up and giving him a hug so he just started off with like a pat on the shoulder and slowly worked up to like the hug you know and so I think that being bilingual or multilingual with your love languages is important and you just have to kind of work at it as you would if you were speaking another language right and I wanted to give an example of of the physical touch one because my oldest is 17 and she was able to actually take the quiz because there's a quiz on the five love languages website so i'm guessing like teenagers maybe 10 and up could maybe take it but um so she took it for a class at school so i was like okay tell me what your answers were you know (laughs) and i let's see i think um physical touch and acts of service were like pretty close to the same for her and I was like physical touch my goodness like anytime I'd reach out to barely touch her you know if she was feeling sad she'd be like don't touch me right and so it was like 
this it's not that she didn't need that she just had this protective emotional wall up mm -hmm. um and so but the fact that we talked about it and i knew that um i could actually say i'm going to give you a hug now you know or just kind of prep her so that she knew i was doing that because i want to show i love her not for any other kind of reason than that so and I feel like as I've done that she's just been a lot more like receptive of it and the eight second eight second hug that I've heard going around recently it's like okay everybody we're gonna hug for eight seconds <laughs> even if it feels awkward you know just count those seconds let's just focus on counting then <laughs> but Anyway, so yeah, there's, that's just an example of, okay, maybe it was a little awkward at first, but yeah. And, it, you know, the recipient who needs it may feel awkward about receiving that too, because, um, well, he talks about that too, like physical touch with teenagers can be um, just awkward anyway, because they're in that phase of development where they're differentiating from their parents, but they still need it anyway. So if you can come to an agreement somehow. <laughs> but I think it didn't you mention like just showing teenagers love is hard period. And a lot of times yeah. they don't act like they're receiving it or, or that it's making any effect, but it does. And so, you know, he was saying, they were saying encur encouraging parents, just keep reaching out to those teenagers, keep showing them love in all the ways that you can. And, and don't worry about if they're not, like saying that they enjoy it or whatever because yeah that's the point in time where they don't feel like they can like um they're not going to validate all the good you're right, doing for them right exactly so so they may not see it may not seem like they're even noticing or caring or whatever but they they need it just mm -hmm. as much if not more than anybody else and so right. just keep doing it even right. if it doesn't feel like it's getting through so <laughs> right so anyway so many good things so many good things so i'm going to ask my husband to read this book and listen to it just so i know that's a good idea <laughs> on board with how we should like maybe unite in parenting a little bit cuz it's i love it i love it mm -hmm. yeah you know one thing i thought was so interesting too and that and the um chapter about anger he talks about the anger ladder did any of you guys um see that part it was so interesting just talking about how um when you there's different ways to show your anger right we talked about that earlier i'm just trying to flip through the book see if i can find it it's towards the end is it in chapter 10 about anger and love i think so let me see um, yes, 159. Let's see if I can find it. Anyway, it was a love or the anger ladder and just talking about um, when your child, because we all um, show our anger and it's okay, but there's better ways and worse ways to show that anger. Um, and so there's specific things that are at the bottom of that. If you're shouting, if you're hitting, if you're, um, then those are not good ways to show your anger, right? But if you notice that they're moving up on the, the next rung, okay, so like the negative ways is like focusing anger on the source, your unpleasant, loud, and cursing, destroying property. These are all bad things. But if they 
go up one and maybe they just um they stay on topic let's see some of the the positive ones are they're pleasant seeking resolution focusing anger on the source rather than like being angry at somebody else or something else for because they're angry about this other thing right Mm -hmm. um holding to primary complaint rather than going off on all these other things that you've always done in the past or whatever thinking logically. So those are the positive ways to, to share your anger. And so when you notice that, that your child is moving up and like, sure, maybe they yelled, but they, they kept it to this specific event rather than like, well, and you've also done this and you've also done that. And like going on and on and on about these other things. Um, then you can, notice that and tell them, Hey, guess what? Thank you for, I've noticed that you're getting better at expressing your anger, you know, in a more positive way. So anyway, you'll have to check that out. I thought it was fascinating, especially since it was so specific and positive and negative ways about anger. I I've never really um, learned about anger in that way. And so I thought that was kind of cool. Cause that will give our children emotional intelligence. Right. And so that when they become parents or young adults and they're dealing with a hard situation, they'll be able to focus on what step of the ladder am I on? I need to learn that still. So I, yeah. yeah. So that's great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Tanya, you know how you said your mom figured it out after 11 children? Yeah. I just think that's how life works. We eventually <laughs> figure it out and then we move on to the next stage. So <laughs> Yeah, here's the thing too. Um, I think it was in this book. I was talking about like, oh dang, I wish I had known this earlier. I wish I'd known it sooner, you know. And like being beating yourself up for not knowing it before, right? And maybe making mistakes in the past. And and I they talk about how it's okay. Like now, just think about in the future. Like this is great. Now I I know now, and think of the possibilities that can come from me knowing this information now and the the future. Like, even if I, you know, I can, I can change now. Um, if you're older and your kids are grown, you can still show them uh, love uh, now in these five love languages. You can start showing them the way that they need to know. You can start showing your grandkids. You can, you know, there's lots of possibilities and it doesn't matter when you learn this information um, the future is bright. I just look forward to all of the things that can change because you have this knowledge now. So um, rather than lamenting that you didn't know it before. So I think that's the the key is like, yay, I'm, I'm, I'm learning now and I can move forward and, you know, use this knowledge to, to help in the future. So, mm-hmm. well, thank you ladies. Was there anybody that had any other thoughts or comments before we finish up? No? Okay, well, this was such a great discussion. Um, If you haven't read this book, then check it out. It was really awesome. Um, Go home and try and help love your your children and your spouse and your friends better because of this knowledge. And we hope that that this podcast has helped you, certainly has helped us. So we love you and we will see you next time. Thanks. Thank you so much for joining our Mother Heart Circle. 
Please send us your thoughts, inspiration, experiences, and stories. Your voice is important. Your wisdom and your hearts are needed. We believe in you, we love you, and thank you for being you.